and so um yeah it was just a great opportunity to be out there and do that but um yeah i mean it, it was really god's word that led me back to that and you know i feel like nowadays we're all looking for signs and wonders and miracles to mm. lead us back to christ and to put us back on that path where he wants us but and it was something as simple as just cracking open the word you know yeah. and just reading a chapter and i'm yeah. like whoa and it completely shifted that crossroads there Welcome to this week's episode of the His Hill Podcast. My name is Kelly Darty, and I'm your host. Today, we're uh, going to have a discussion with one of our second-year students. Uh, it's Lucas Contreras. Lucas uh, is from Chicago, and he um, he was a first-year student down in Puerto Torches in Costa Rica, and he's a second-year with us. Uh, we've got to spend a little bit of time together this year and had some good conversations. And I thought I'd, I'd like to have him on just to uh, introduce him to you, let you hear the story of how the Lord's worked in his life and how the Lord has shown himself to Lucas. So, Lucas, welcome here. Thanks, Kelly. It's good to have you. I appreciate you uh, just working the time out so you could do this. Uh, Lucas, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, where, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Yeah, so I grew up in Chicago in the south suburbs, Crestwood specifically, if that rings a bell. Um, I grew up in a you know God fearing home, two parents, a sister, a dog, great dog. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was it was a great great way to grow up, I'd say. Okay, yeah. so did you you grow up in an evangelical home? Yeah, okay, evangelical, God fearing, Jesus believing home. Yeah. Okay, great. And as ethnicity, you're you are Mexican. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yep. So now something you told me that was interesting is even though it's Chicago that you grew up in, you really grew up in a, uh, I guess, a, a Mexican community. Yeah. Well, the community that I live in isn't very Mexican, but the community where my church is, and I spent a lot of my time in a very, very Mexican community, yes. Okay. Yeah. And how big is your family? Well, I have two parents and one sister. Okay. And... Uh, Extended family, I couldn't even number them. I don't even know. <laughs> okay. All right. Wow. So uh, so you were actually born in Chicago? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then was it your grandfather that came to the States? Was that? It was my great-grandfather great that came grandfather. to the States. Yeah. Okay. All right. My, my grandpa always tells us the story. He came across with 10 cents and started working for the railroad. Okay. And so the family has been in Chicago the whole time? Uh, I think a lot of the time was spent in Kansas City then kind of moved up to Chicago through working on the railroad and that's where they stayed. Okay. Yeah. What does your dad do? What was that? What would, what does your dad do? Oh, my dad, he works for Southwest Airlines. He's okay. a parts specialist, which means that he uh, makes sure they have the parts that they need. Mm-hmm. He calibrates them and he makes sure that if they need to get sent off or anything, it's done properly. Okay. So um, growing up in a Christian family, when did you come to know Jesus personally? Oh, honestly, I could not pinpoint a specific date. Okay. I, you know, it's just something that I always understood to be true. Um, I would say possibly around 18 is when I can actually remember saying that prayer and okay. truly believing it. But it's very likely that it was before that as well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the Lord was obvious as you look back, the Lord was working on your heart yeah. through, throughout oh, yeah. the years. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, what was it about 18 that, that is specific to you about a time that, you know, or maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. more articulate with it or more conscious of this yeah, reality. I, I definitely say 18 because that's kind of when high school ended, you mm-hmm. know, getting out of high school and kind of having to face that, you know, what's next question. It really drew me closer to Christ. And I think in that time, I, my need for Christ was really evident. 
at that point because I had no idea what I wanted to do. You know, it's mm. a, you get two years to think about what you want to do for the next fifty, and it's a, <laughs> it's a hard thing to kind of wrap your mind around. So I'm like, man, I I need something greater here, and I kind of really leaned into Christ at that time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, what was it? What was it like growing up in this Christian family? It was it was great. You know, I I have a very different type of way of growing up than your typical Christian family. I had two parents that went to separate churches due to different belief okay. circumstances there. Um, they both loved the Lord very much, and they were both um, very concerned with raising us in the way of the Lord. And so uh, it was never, there was never tension in it, and they did a great job of that. But, uh, I mean, it really felt quite normal growing up. You know, okay. I didn't. I didn't really recognize it as different because of how well they did it. But, okay. Uh, yeah, it was it was great. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't want it any other way. So you attended? Did you attend both churches? Growing up, yes. So at okay. a younger age, I would attend morning services with my mom. It was a very conservative Church of Christ in Bridgeview, Illinois. And then at night, I would go to Pentecostal. You know bilingual church with my dad okay a, so two a, different worlds oh two very different worlds for sure yeah yep. okay looking back on it did you see that was there any you know something you know now at this end looking back could you see where there was any advantages to see you oh, know being exposed to both definitely um i think a more firm understanding of you know doctrinal differences for sure okay because i mean for instance church of christ you know they um they don't believe in having instruments during worship. Right. And then I go to my dad's church and <laughs> practically handing out tambourines for everybody before they get in the service. <laughs> and so it's a, it's very different in that aspect. So I think um, I've definitely come out of it with more equipped, you know, to, to understand different viewpoints. Okay. And I kind of seek to understand those. Mm. Yeah, that's, uh, that is profitable. I know for myself and others that I've talked to who have been, into in torch bears as mm -hmm. students and for myself coming here when i was 18 the same thing you know although the the vast majority are more conservative evangelical um still being from different denominations and from different parts of the world there are different thoughts you know oh, on, yeah, on, on certain issues and it was really good for me coming from you know my own particular background to have to think through these things okay why do i believe this mm -hmm. and uh and i found it really profitable for me to to stretch and challenge my thinking and in some cases maybe you know back off a little bit um you yeah. know to see you know there may be something to this you know to what this person is saying here and and just prayerfully work through those things has been really good for me so uh, it seems like that is what you know looking back in your childhood i guess you had to do some of the same things yeah yeah definitely so um after after high school you've you kind of have a, a crossroads where you're having oh, yeah. to to come to some some kind of decision mm -hmm. what was the process with that well the process i mean my original my original path after having praying about it a very little bit you know it's just pray about it, then make a decision. Like, all right, I considered it, and I'm going to go do this. Okay. And uh, it was almost like a check-in-the-box type of deal, you know? Okay. Like, I, I prayed about it, now I'm going to go ahead and do my thing. And so um, I decided, you know, I wanted to make the most money I possibly can. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to pick the hardest thing I could possibly study, and 
rocket science. You know, everyone jokes about that. So uh-huh. I was like, all right, let's go do aerospace engineering. And so I did uh, two years of engineering school at a local community college, and I was set up with them through a program that fed into our state university. And um, I was accepted for that. And, uh, you know, I just, I had to figure out a whole lot of, like, just the nitty-gritty of how that state university would work, how it would transition into that. And part of that process was um, finding an apartment, you know, and then I had to figure out, okay, where am I going to park my car? Okay, how am I going to pay for food? How am I going to work and also study this crazy course load of aerospace engineering? And so, you know, I just, I didn't have any peace about it. Mm. And I think that was kind of the crossroads right there. Hmm, I have zero peace right mm. now. Like, this is, this is not right. And so uh, I remember just doing one of those, you know, flip open the Bible things during uh, right. some free time at work. And I opened up to Joshua 9, which I have it flipped open right here now. And I just read about the uh, deception of the Gibeonites to Israel. Mm. And so, you know, these um, this Gibeonites, oh, some more context, God promised to the Israelites this land, you know, and he said, Israel's going to be yours, the land which you're standing on right now, I'm going to give to you. And he says, I'm going to deliver all these people into your hands, the Jebusites, the Hittites, the Hivites, all these Perizzites, everything. Yeah. And he tells them, just don't make any covenants with them. Mm. You know, and so uh, it's, a, it's a strange thing because he said, I'm going to give this to you and don't make covenants. You know, and it's like, it's a really simple task, you know, let's <laughs> just... Destroy everybody. No covenant. Okay, (laughs) fine. He said he's going to hand them to you anyways. And so, um, you know, you read about this story. And uh, first they went to Ai. They destroyed, or they went to Jericho. They destroyed Jericho. After Jericho, they went to Ai. Destroyed Ai on their second attempt. And then after having done that, another people group within the land called the Gibeonites. You know, they, they heard of what was going on there. They heard what was going on there. And, uh you know, it kind of uh, scared them because they understood that this was going to be their demise. You know, this is how they were going to die. And so what they did was they um, decided to act very craftily, it says, and they made it look like they were from a very far, far land. So they weren't within that land of Israel so that they could uh, form a covenant with uh, Joshua and the Israelites, which they, again, weren't supposed to do. That was their one stipulation, don't do this. Right. And so uh, I love, I believe it is verse 14. So after the Gibeonites had come with their really old bread, really old wine, really old clothes, it says that the men of Israel took some of their provisions and they did not ask for counsel of the Lord. And then it kind of hit me in that moment. I'm like, whoa, like what am I not asking counsel of the Lord in my life? Like. Mm. Sure, I, I asked him one time, you know, but I wasn't really pursuing that topic with him. I wasn't really praying about it earnestly and really wanting that answer. And so um, I kind of just, that night, you know, I just got down on my knees in my basement and I played some worship music too. And I was just, I was sobbing. I was like, you know, what? I don't have any peace about this. It's yours. Take it. I had heard another message about, you know, just God just taking everything we built up for ourselves and breaking it down and building it back up for him. And um, in that moment, you know, I just, I felt an unexplainable peace. I remember, uh, I think his name was Kevin at Bernie talking about on Sunday when he just, you know, everything had added up and he's in his car and he just prayed about it and he felt that peace. And I was like, you know, 
I know mm-hmm. that. I know that feeling. I know what he felt. No. Yeah, you're talking about someone that was giving his testimony at church at Burning yeah, Bible. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Burning Bible on Palm Sunday. And so, uh, oh, yeah, that's that's what I felt in that moment. And uh, I'd say from that moment, you know, I just had, after having been, uh, you know, convicted of this in God's word, you know, I just, I just felt such a strong conviction beyond that just to know more of his word and to okay. understand it more. And uh, I looked into a one-year Bible program. I just searched it online, like, you know, one-year Bible program. Had you heard of one-year programs before? Uh, I I had heard of them. My sister went to a school in California, and they offered a one-year program. So okay. I was familiar with the fact that schools can offer that and, like, quick little certificate type deal. Right. And uh, I wasn't looking for an entire Bible school per se, but maybe just, like, a quick discipleship program thing, to certificate. Lucas Contreras was discipled here or something, you know? And so... Uh, I just typed in one-year Bible program, and originally I actually found his hill. Okay. And I realized, whoa, this is like a whole group of international schools. And uh, my dad was looking on the website, and he's like, well, how about Costa Rica? And I was like, well, I'm not saying no to that. <laughs> I have the Spanish background. I love playing soccer. You yeah. know, and, so, and you speak Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it was just a great opportunity to be out there and do that. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was really God's word that led me back to that. And, you know, I feel like nowadays we're all looking for signs and wonders and miracles to mm. lead us back to Christ and to put us back on that path where he wants us. But you know, it was something as simple as just cracking open the word, you know, yeah. and just reading a chapter. And I'm yeah. like, whoa. And it completely shifted that crossroads there and put me back where Lord wanted me. Yeah, that's, that's interesting to me. Let's stop here for just a second and... I want to ask you a question about making decisions, having gone through that process now and looking back, because what I see, it's been my observation now for a number of years that our younger generation really struggles with making decisions. Mm -hmm. It's, it's actually painful to Mm -hmm. make decisions. And I, um, now that you've been through something like that, you look back on it, what kind of advice would you give people in making decisions. Yeah. For me, you know, all these decisions, I mean, even decisions I'm making right now for school, you know, it's, it's, it's a process of prayer, Mm -hmm. you know, earnestly praying, getting into the word and, you know, hearing from God and his holy living and active word. And, uh, it's, it's a mixture of, you know, just looking for that peace through it, you know, just, you know, considering your options and seeking for that peace that's offered and pursuing that option and understanding that he's going to use you either way. Okay. You know, it's, I'm not looking for, you know, God to, you know, send me a letter in my mailbox here at the Hill and say, all right, I need you to go to college here. But mm-hmm. you know, I'm just looking for that slight bit of peace. Okay. That slight bit of peace about the option and understanding that I'm going to pursue it and I'm going to glorify God, you know, to the best of my ability. And I'm going to, of course, let his life live through me in that and doing that. But, you know, it's just, this idea of glorifying God through it, no matter where he puts you. And okay. that, I mean, that even ties back to Joshua 9 here, you know, after realizing that the Gibeonites had deceived them, you know, they were, they were true to what God promised or what God told them in the law. I think it's in numbers two, it's verse one or two, maybe I think he talks about, uh, you know, if you make a covenant with a nation, you got to stay true to it. Mm. It's like, regardless, you need to keep your word in that mm-hmm. aspect. And so, uh, 
they did that. They glorify God through this mistake. So right. even yeah. even if you think what you're stepping into is a mistake, you still glorify God through that, and He's going to use you. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's that. I think that's good. You know, I, I and thinking about it a lot myself, and hearing you, you know, explain your process and going through it. I think that we we have we've come to some of the same conclusions with maybe a little different terminology, maybe, but saying the same thing is that you. You know, when you said that you just, at first to begin with, it was just a quick prayer and then and going on. I, in making decisions, you know, we as believers are the only people in the world who can make decisions with any kind of confidence or peace. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because, it, and it comes from some just simple thoughts that the Lord has given us himself, where he says, if you abide in me and I in you, you will produce much fruit. Now, I think in the context of that that passage, he's talking about love. You know, we will we will show the yep. love of God. Um, but also, uh, there's other passages that that are alluding to the same kind of lifestyle. You know, to abide in Him means to remain in Him, to stay there with Jesus. In Ephesians four one, Paul says, "Walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called." And there, the word walk means to be thus occupied with. So we're finding something here that's consistent, to be with him, to uh, be occupied with him. Then in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, after explaining what it what it looks like to live by faith in chapter 11, in chapter uh, 12 and uh, verse 2, he says, now, Verse 1, he says, now let us live the same way, verse two, uh, verse 1. Then verse 2, he says, fixing our eyes on Jesus. And the word fixing means to look away from all else, too. So I think what we're finding here is that as believers, we're to be consumed with Jesus in whatever we're doing, including making decisions. So if so it's the the position we are to be making a decision from is the position of being found in Christ consumed with Jesus mm-hmm. and then when we pray it's not like it's a one time thing but it's it's part of a an ongoing relationship and we're learning to listen to him we're learning to recognize that peace that you're talking about and i think what that means is we're learning to recognize jesus Mm-hmm. And that's really what it means to live this eternal life. John seventeen three says to um, to the eternal. This is eternal life. Jesus says, knowing God the Father and His Son Jesus Christ. And the word knowing it brings with it the understanding of recognizing, perceiving. And so it's like you say that you know I can from so from that relationship with Christ, I ask his mind on these decisions and then there's a freedom to make these decisions and and you know and and so many times i think we're afraid that we're going to make a mistake or we're going to fail but it's like you said well no wait no i make these decisions for the glory of god and so you know okay so maybe is there a mis- is there a mistake in that? You know, no. I think you can see that the Lord can use, yeah, anything. Definitely, yeah. And so, I guess what I'm getting at is that I'm not saying we just flippantly make a decision. No, we make decisions from 
the position of being in Christ, being in that active relationship. And if we're not active with him, well, then we have every reason to be concerned about whether or not I'm making a right decision. But Mm -hmm. okay. Well, that's, yeah, I I appreciate your your thoughts on that. And so now you ended up making the decision to Mm -hmm. go to Port and Torches. Yeah. Okay. So tell us about your year there. What was that like? Oh, it was amazing. You know, I, um, Having come from my engineering background, you know, it's evident that I love math and sciences. You know, now, did I, you do the full two years? Yeah, I did a full two years. Okay. I got a little associate's degree out of it. Okay. So I, I was able to complete that. But uh, are you talking about community college? Right, right yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then you, from there, you went to Port and Torches. Yes, yes, okay. yes. Good. Yeah, so I did those full two years. And uh, yeah, tons of math and science with that. But I loved it all. You know, I, I fed off that stuff. I loved that. I loved learning. I remember people ask me, like, what are your hobbies? I'm like, well, learning. I, I love learning. Oh, That's okay. a hobby of mine. Okay. And so um, it was It was at port when I realized, you know, I'm sitting in here in my classroom. You know, we all have, like, our little table about this size, you know, like a four-by-four four type deal. And I'm sitting at my table watching the teacher walk up to the podium, and I'm getting excited. Hmm. I'm like, man, like, this is this how I felt before my math and science classes. Like, this is, okay. like, I'm, I'm feeling this again, you know, like this. It was starting to get monotonous, you know, having sat through all those math and science, and all of a sudden I'm feeling it again. I'm like, I'm, I'm excited for okay. this. You know, these these Bible classes, you know, it's something that I, I want to pursue now. And so, yeah, of course, from there I ended up at the Hill. But, yeah, I mean, highly attributed to the time at Porton, you know, just the leadership there through Tom Marcus, Sarah yeah. Marcus, you know, John Coleman, Roberto. I mean, even our groundskeeper, Ronald, and our, mm. our cook, his wife, Catherine, you know, just the impact that they every one of them have on that community. You know, that's possibly probably one of the first time I've, I've truly seen believers just living in community and, you know, just what they were able to cultivate through that, through just the way they acted, not even through teaching. Okay. Yeah, I mean, our groundskeeper, Ronald, he spoke very little English, but the impact he was still able to have on our students there just blew my mind. Yeah, I believe just, that. Yeah. Yeah. It's evident. Yeah, yeah. very gentle mm-hmm. person. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, you knowing Spanish must have been an incredible advantage for you as as far as so many of the other students who yeah. that they come for the crash course, but you know that they just basically know the the basics I guess mm-hmm. uh, throughout the throughout the year. But it must have been really neat for you to be able to to understand um, you, you know the locals and all of the staff to yeah. uh, to be, and probably a lot of the students probably leaned on you for. Uh, for that, you know, being able to understand what's going yeah. on. Okay. Yeah, we definitely had much better Spanish speakers than I. Okay. For sure. We had uh, one of our students' names, Benji's from the Dominican Republic. Oh, sure. Yeah. Family was, but I mean, he grew up with it every day. Whereas I, th- I would consider myself a first generational speaker in my own family, given that my neither of my parents speak it. Oh, so really? Okay. A okay. lot of my experience is Sunday, one Sunday a week and school taking it in school okay so it was yeah it's not extremely solid i mean i feel like that comes with any second language speaker they're going to tell you they're not too confident in the language Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but uh yeah that was definitely me in costa rica at first oh that had to help though oh yeah definitely exactly that's what i'm getting to is that it it would it definitely helps solidify the understanding of the language but i mean yeah just knowing the language there was a huge help we have a we do outreaches there too and uh, the outreach that i was assigned throughout the year was a men's rehab center Really? Oh, yeah. And okay. so, I mean, at first, I'm kind of thinking, like, 
Like I had to go talk with these guys while they're trying to get off drugs and everything. Like they're going to be like rough guys. They're not going to want to talk. And I don't know if it's cultural. I don't know if it's just the, the way the center is set up, but they were some of the most open people you wow. ever meet. Mm. It's like, you know, here, like if I, first time I met you, I'd probably say, hi, my name's Lucas. Well, hello, I'm Kelly. You know, like, nice to meet you. Nice to yeah. meet you. Where are you from? Stuff like that. Whereas they're like, hi, my name's, my name's Martin. I struggled with cocaine. This is a, when I started using, this is how I'm getting off of it. This is how that's going. It's mm -hmm. like, well, hello, I'm Lucas. Like wow. before I can even get my name out, you know, it's a, it's a crazy experience, but, um, yeah, just being able to communicate with them in Spanish because most of them didn't know English going through that center, but, uh, being able to communicate with them in Spanish really created a deeper relationship that I could have with them. Sure. And, uh, specifically, I mean, I'll tell you a story about Martin. Uh, he was, um, believe he started using around the age of eight started mm. using cocaine a oh, lot wow yes and say i mean i didn't realize how big of an issue that is like you know you have your netflix specials on it you know your date uh -huh. lines whatever talking about you know the cocaine in latin america and i mean you get there and especially in this rehab center you're like whoa like this is a real problem like mm. eight years old like how yeah. in the world do you even get a hold of that it, i mean it can only be attributed to the fact that it's so present but um, I remember speaking with him. You know, he just had a lot of shame built up, lots of shame. And uh, that day I was delivering a devotion, and uh, I did it on uh, como fallar, which means how to fail. Okay. And I basically delivered the message on the fact that, you know, you're not going to come out of this center perfect. And you never will. You, know, you can go to all the centers in the world, and you're still going to fail afterwards. But I want to equip you with how you get back up once you mess up, because you're going to mess up. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I remember just seeing him during it, and uh, afterwards he, he was crying, and he spoke with Roberto, and Roberto was kind of able to, uh, you know, just instill in him more truth from the Word, and I think he walked him through the book of John a bit, and, you know, just Jesus' death and resurrection, how that applies to him, and uh, came up to me afterwards, he's like, all right, what should I read? I was like, well, I, you should finish off the book of John, I was like, you can go ahead and throw in there a psalm a day, and I was like, you know, like, I mean... I'm used to working with high schoolers back at home and I can tell them to do that and I'll come back next week and they might have read two words out right. of the book of John, you know, and I get right. back this week after this outreach after having spoken with them and I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to ask him how it's going. I'm not going to press into him because he probably didn't read it. He comes up to me and he's telling me all about what he just read and what he's learning and all this stuff, asking me with different words. And you know, I'm like, wow. Yeah. It's blowing my mind. Like he's, he's really in it. Wow. And uh, yeah, I, I, that day, someone else delivered a devotion about just being used by God. And, uh, I mean, these men, they're at rock bottom. You know, they, they understand, you know, they're rejected by society for their problems, and they have nowhere to go. So mm. it's, it's real simple to talk to them in that manner. But, again, they have this shame built up. You know, it's kind of hard to break through that. And I remember uh, speaking with them, and we would do small groups afterwards with a couple of the guys and a couple of us and just talk with them, you know, about the message. we try to prepare some questions to ask and you know, he's just, he's got tears forming up in his eyes. I'm like, well, how you doing, man? What's going on? And he's like, well, he's like, you know, these, these failures, you know, I, I don't know how I'm going to come back from that. He's like, it's like, why would God put me through that? And I remember talking with him. I'm like, well, you know what? Maybe God wants you to work in someone else's life. Mm. I was like, if you started using an eight, I was like, this world's not getting any better. I bet you there's kids that are seven that are dabbling right now. I was like, maybe mm. that's what God wants you to do. You know, connect with them, talk with them, share with them why that's wrong, you know? what it did to you. And uh, the program was only four weeks that they were there. And so after that week, didn't see him again. He gave me his WhatsApp phone number. I remember two weeks later, I completely forgot I even gave him my number, and I just get a video. 
a WhatsApp video, just yeah. have a random number. I'm like, I don't know if I want to watch this. You know, <laughs> be a little bit sketchy, but um, I uh, opened it, and it was just him sitting in a group of young people just talking with them. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's warmed my heart right there to see sure. that and recognize, you know, just the, the impact that, you know, Christ was able to have on that man through me. Well, that's great. And it was, yeah. It was so great. you were there for the whole school year? Yeah, yep, whole school year. I did two semesters. Okay, and... What was uh, something else that was there? Anything else that was just a highlight of the year? Highlight that of the comes year. to comes to mind. Oh man, mm. I definitely say going through uh, Genesis one through eleven with Justin Alexander from Ravencrest. Yeah, yeah, that was a great class. Yeah, what anything in particular that just grabbed your heart with that? Ooh, so much. Um, I remember he he does this necklace illustration and he has i believe actually what he uses is like the little hooks for shower curtains okay and so he has this hook right here and he holds it he holds the necklace up in the air and he kind of puts the hook over the necklace in a way so the necklace is just dangling you know and he he puts the circular hook so it's just a large circle and he puts the necklace through the middle of it and he kind of just drops the hook and it's it's sort of demonstrate faith Okay. You know, and he's like, faith is, we don't have just like a, a blind faith that acts flippantly. He's like, you know, what? like he would just drop the ring and it, oh man. <laughs> and it hits the table, you know, and it's like, there's a way that he would position his hand holding the hook where when he dropped it, it would wrap around the chain and the chain would catch it. Okay. He could wear it as a necklace. And so from that, you know, you can kind of gather the fact that you know our faith needs to be an active one where we're positioning ourselves to be used by god mm. you know i'm not just in my school decision making and any decision making really you know i'm just, my faith isn't just me dropping and letting god take care of anything but it's me positioning myself through that mm. you know reading my word you know being in prayer developing that relationship and uh, that, i mean that was a huge impact right there and I, okay. I believe all the students would say that from that semester as well okay so uh after that year what um what happened to to cause you to come here for a second year? Oh, man. Um, you know, it was the same concerns arose about the state university in Illinois. Uh, you know, it just, it, it wasn't, no peace there at all. Mm-hmm. No peace. You know, the same questions arose, like car, apartment, all this, you know, like, what's going on? And on top of that, you know, I, I shared with you about the love that I was just gaining and growing in God's word, you know? Mm-hmm. And just, you know, sitting in those classes, you know, it's the way I got excited for it. And I was like, you know, maybe the Lord has something here. You know, it's that that ever slightly, you know, present peace in uh, pursuing another year of this. And I talked with um, with uh, Charlie. I'm sorry, not Charlie, Tom. Okay. I spoke with Tom out there, our director. And uh, he comes and teaches at his hill every year. And so he's very familiar with their second year program and kind of how it works. And um. Also, one of our teachers, John Coleman, he volunteered at the camp here right. for a couple of years or a year. I'm not too sure how long, but uh, yeah, they were able to kind of tell me about the program, what that's all about, and uh, prayed about it. Peace. All right, I'm going. You know, I don't understand all the nitty gritty. You know what's happening next. You know, I um, kind of what I did in that year was I, I deferred my acceptance to the state university. So, and me coming here. I, I really didn't even notify the university that I wouldn't be showing up. I just didn't show up. And so um, I lost my acceptance there okay. and coming here to the hill. But, uh, you know, just that peace. Okay. And that peace that the Lord provides. And Okay. How has the, has the year been 
different? How has it been different than what you thought it would be coming in? How's it been different? Has it been different? Uh, yeah, it's been it's been quite different from what I expected. You know, there's a, of course, I mean, uh, I knew we'd have the three work days, but you know, I wasn't expecting like construction type stuff. Uh huh. You know, like at um, at port, we uh, we pick up a lot of sticks. We okay. do that a lot. <laughs> we okay. pick up a whole lot of sticks and we rake. Yeah. And uh, we do jobs like that. And so you know, I wasn't. I wasn't fully expecting, you know, building cabins and all that. I mean, okay. it's fun stuff. I love learning about it. I love yeah. doing it, working with the guys, especially in the second semester, knowing them a little deeper. It's nice working with everybody, but uh, that was a major one. Yeah, and just so people understand, what, what you, your your daily schedule is you guys have classes in the morning, and then uh, then two or three days out of the week, yeah. you're, you're doing some kind of work assignment. Exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, tons of learning opportunities, even in that. Just in the afternoons. Fellowship, yeah, afternoons, yeah. after classes. Yeah. So that's great. Um, wow, I mean, there's so many differences. I just can't, I can't think of them right now. Okay. You know, those things I didn't expect, but. Well, what's the Lord done in your heart this year? This year, ooh, man. Um, I'd say definitely this year, you know, just growing in the idea of, you know, Christ's life okay. still. I mean, it's not something I've have fully come to comprehend and I don't know if I ever will, right. you know, understanding what Christ being our life means. It's like a, it's like an unending Russian doll thing, you know, you finally <laughs> crack open one, you're like, where did this come from? You know, there's another aspect and, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's fun learning though. Good. Again, love learning about it. Good. What, uh, what kind of plans do you have for the summer? This summer? Yeah. Well, currently my plan is to go home and work. Okay. And I, um, I want to uh, continue pursuing, uh, biblical studies now. Okay. And I want to get a degree in it, hopefully end up teaching it to some extent, whether it be, you know, at a Torchbearers campus or at a university. You know, I, I would definitely like to do higher level where students aren't forced to be there, you know. Okay. But, um, yeah, I, I would love to end up doing that. But, yeah, this summer is going to be a lot of working and building up expenses, or not expenses, building up. The finances. The finances to be able to uh, provide for that. Okay, so you're thinking, you're thinking Bible college? Or, yeah, definitely, okay. yeah. Well, good. Mm -hmm. All right. Do you know what you would like to major in? Biblical studies. Okay. Right now, yeah, biblical studies. And I I mean, I'd love to take it as far as I can. Okay. Go as far, yeah, as far as I financially can. Okay. No, I get it. That's yeah, great. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you spending the time with us. Yeah. yeah and I appreciate you and, having me. Yeah. Yeah. You're um, just the, the, you know, showing just in the conversation again, you know, we, we, we visited earlier in the year and just, again, just seeing, you know, that desire that you have to, um, to be in relationship with Christ, to be honoring him and to be walking with him, you know, mm -hmm. wherever that may take you. And uh, it's interesting in it, how the Lord has, has taken you, you know, one step at a time to take you to the point to where now, you know, you, you're looking at, you know, preparing yourself for, you know, teaching, yeah. you know, in a, in a, a maybe in a, a torchbearer center or some kind of um, higher education type idea. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's really neat, you know, and how, again, to see how the Lord is faithful, you know, he, he knows that he knows what he's doing. It's, oh, yeah. This is his life. So it's his business and he doesn't need us, but he wants us. And he constantly daily shows himself faithful uh, and not so, and not faithful to, you know, to to do what you want, but faithful to take you where he would have you, which is your best. Mm -hmm. And that's just that's interesting to see the development of it. Yeah. So, you know, again, Lucas, thanks. Appreciate you being here. Oh, and yes. I uh, you know, just uh, want to encourage you to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus 
and finish well. You know, we're down oh, to yeah. what is it, six or seven weeks? Yeah, now. we're we're cutting it close now. Yeah. All right. Well, that. thank you. Yep. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the His Hill Podcast. You've been listening to our host, Kelly Doherty, and Lucas Contreras, one of our second-year students here this year. We hope you enjoyed hearing from Lucas this week and that what he shared was an encouragement to you. If you would like to get in touch with Kelly, you can contact him via email at kelly at hishill.org. You can also keep up with us on Instagram and Facebook for more Bible School updates. Thanks again for tuning in with us today. Remember to keep your eyes fixed on Christ. I'm Lizzie, and we'll see you next week.